Terry, can we get an advance on our episode breakdowns? No, no, you can't. I'm sorry, but we got to stick to the schedule or the weenus will be thrown out of whack. It's episode nine, the one where underdog gets away. And I am your host, Regina Adams. And this is Weenus a Friends podcast. This week, we have our very first Thanksgiving episode. And as I mentioned earlier this week, the episode aired on November 17th, which back in 1994 was the week before Thanksgiving. But then the show took a nearly month-long break. So that answered my question of if the show took long breaks like today's shows do. It does, but not nearly as long. Today's shows will break before Thanksgiving and go till mid-February. So obviously it's not quite as long. But this week we have two very interesting things to talk about regarding opening and closing scenes. So let's get into it. Welcome back. We are going to get right into it this week. I have a lot I want to talk about and I feel like there's other stuff to talk about instead of looking at the clothing and the hairstyles and things like that. I am going to look at a couple of different things because first and foremost, I mentioned a few minutes ago at the beginning of the episode that the opening and closing scenes were something we were going to talk about. So I'm going to start with the opening and then we'll end with the closing scene, just like the episode runs. So the opening scene, what's interesting about it is when we go back to the coffee house, we've had a back and forth opening scene location now since episode five. So one through five, we opened in the coffee house. Episode six was not at the coffee house. Episode seven was the coffee house again. Episode eight, which was just last week, was not the coffee house. And now we're episode nine. We're back at the coffee house. We'll see if that back and forth continues, if that's going to be a trend for a little while, if we're going to stick at the coffee house for a while, or if we'll go and be away from the coffee house for a little bit. So we'll see what happens with that. But we start out at the coffee house and something that is very new and interesting and different. We only had one friend. We didn't have all six. We didn't have have at least two. We didn't have three of them sitting around. We had just one. It was Rachel at work. She's talking to her boss, Terry. That's how we open up. So the entire opening credits is just Rachel at work. She's the only friend that marks any time opening up. And then we have our first guest star, which is Terry, her boss. The opening scene length is in the middle of the pack. Nothing too jazzy to talk about there. Weeks seven and eight are still our shortest opening scenes at 50 seconds. So that kind of rounds that out. But that was the interesting thing to me was that there was only one friend in the coffee house to open the episode. Okay, so rolling into our episode themes here and who I considered main characters, and there's going to be 
a little bit of a toss up in the main character situation and who I selected out of this again, (laughs) because I don't watch or not that I don't watch. I haven't seen season one in so long. And I know I've mentioned this probably every week, at least once, but I haven't seen season one in so long. So there's parts of the episodes or certain storylines that I have kind of forgot about over time. And so I didn't put Ross down as a main character because when looking at the title of the episode and what I remember from it, Rachel's a big part of it. She's trying to raise money to go back and see her family. The friends end up giving her tickets. She misses her flight because of the underdog situation. She was a main character for me. And then I have Joey because Joey is the other friend that wasn't supposed to be there for their Thanksgiving dinner that Monica's putting on. They were the two that were supposed to be somewhere else. And so he's my other main character because he's got his side storyline of modeling for the healthy posters throughout the city. And then, of course, as we know, his family, he gets put on a poster for an STD and his family thinks he's got VD. So they don't want him around. So he ends up staying behind. So they're the two kind of supporting stories to the main Thanksgiving theme. And then, of course, we have Monica. I've got her as a main character for this episode because obviously she is hosting Thanksgiving dinner. It's her first time making it. It's in her apartment. She's doing it. She's got to make three different kinds of potatoes for everybody. So obviously the Monica storyline coming in is because Ross and Monica's parents aren't going to be home for Thanksgiving. So Monica chooses to host it because Ross is upset (laughs) that they're not going home for Thanksgiving. And I just associated him with her story. I forgot he had his side storyline of going and spending time with Ben before he's born. He's going and talking to the baby in the womb for the first time because he finds out that Susan does it. So of course he's got to do it. And so he has a few times where he's got his own storyline and his own scenes, much like Joey does and much like Rachel does towards the beginning. He is a main character that I didn't mention that I would typically would put in towards the end. But as I've mentioned before, my main character determination I try to do before I watch the episode to see if the timing matches them. But I don't adjust it, though, based on what timing comes out of it. Because just because they're not listed as a main character doesn't mean that the storyline wasn't about them. Just the timing doesn't match. Okay, we really only have four scene locations in this episode. We've got the coffee house a couple of times. We've got Monica's place quite a few times. And then we get the subway station, which is a new scene location. And then we get Susan and Carol's apartment, which we will see more than once. This is the first time we've been over there. And Ross, of course, has his typical moment of, I don't know if you want to call it jealousy or just insecurity or what it is, but he has his moment of just picking apart something in their apartment and about having books about being a lesbian. And of course, Susan quips back and says, yeah, you have to take a course, which just, again, was a moment that reiterated what I had said the first time they were together in episode two, that Ross and Susan's chemistry and their relationship in the show, I think is so overlooked. They have some of the best moments together. And I feel like they have some of the best chemistry for a main character with a recurring guest star that isn't like his mom and dad. Carol's not as much of a guest star as Judy and Jack Geller are. So to have that chemistry between them and that dynamic, it's so 
realistic to his character and how he feels about the situation. And I love that. I love that they both did such a phenomenal job in their acting and understanding how Ross feels about the situation to be able to portray that in the characters on screen for us. And to me, it ended up becoming one of my favorite chemistry moments between a main cast and a guest star. So with that being said, we have four guest stars this week. Not a whole lot of time with them. We have been seeing this flip-flop, a lot of guest stars and then a few guest stars, and then we might go up to a lot of guest stars again. Then we might sit in the middle of the pack. This week, there's only four, and it's not a lot of time for the four of them. It's actually the least amount of time we've had from any guest stars since the beginning of the season. So our next shortest time with guest stars is actually going to be in episode three, where we had three guest stars and there was only a minute and two seconds with them. And then the very first episode, we only had a minute, 10 seconds with our guest stars. Most everything's been under two minutes. We've got One episode where it's been three minutes, which was just last week. (laughs) We had so much time out of them. And then we had episode two where there was also three minutes. And those were our two episodes where we had high levels of guest stars, seven and eight guest stars to be exact. So lots of time from our guest stars there. This week with our four, we only have a minute. It's exactly a minute. We're sitting here with Terry. He's at nine seconds. Not surprising that Terry's at the bottom. He was in the blip. He's only in the beginning. And the only reason why he has nine seconds is he has a little longer speaking moment when he's with Rachel that he goes off on her about (laughs) she stinks and she's a horrible waitress. And then next we have the Obsession Girl. When I wrote down the guest stars and who they were, I'm going to step back here for a second. When I told you that, I didn't remember Ross' storyline. And I wrote down who our guest stars were. And I was racking my brain about why and when Carol and Susan were in this episode. Because obviously they're listed as guest stars. And I couldn't place them. I completely forgot what their storyline had anything to do with. But the Obsession Girl, I also had no idea who she was. When I wrote down the guest stars, And I wrote down Obsession Girl. I'm like, Obsession Girl. And all I can think is like a girlfriend that's obsessed with one of them. And I'm thinking there's no girlfriend in this episode. So I don't know who this lady is. Forgot about the moment with Joey in the subway with her when he meets her. That was a moment of total forgetting again. But she is the girl that Joey sits with in the subway. He's I think he's trying to catch a subway home and... He sees her and realizes he used to work with her and she gets a little, wait, wait, we have? Who are you? And then he's talking about how she's the obsession girl. I think meaning as in perfume. They worked at Macy's together. He was a certain, I think he said the Aramis guy for a cologne. He asked her if she wanted to go get a drink. And she then sees the poster of what Mario isn't telling you. And it's the ad for VD with Joey's face on it. And that line when... She said, oh, shoot, I just remembered I have to go do something. And he says, oh, what? And she goes, oh, leave. I think that moment and that line is so perfect. And it reminds me of Phoebe in episode one when they ask her to come help with Ross's new apartment. She goes, oh, I wish I could, but I don't want to. (laughs) They're just two moments of the perfect one-liner to just get out of a situation and it stuns people that they don't know what to say back and so they're able to like get away from it. There was no 
audience laughing at that moment when she said leave. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was told them not to because there was going to have the big laughing moment a second later when he sees his poster or if people just felt more bad for Joey because they don't know yet why she said she had to leave either. But I definitely laughed. I think it's funny. I love that moment. But she comes in at second place with our guest star. She's got 11 seconds. So just above Terry, not too much more. And then surprisingly, Carol is just barely in third place. She's only got 12 seconds. We have nine seconds, 11 seconds, and then Carol's at 12 seconds. So a little really short batch of guest star time there. And then we have Susan who comes out with 29 seconds. And that's because she's got two different scenes with Ross. She's got the moment when he comes over initially and he's peeking at things in their apartment. He's looking for a skull that he had lent to Carol for school or for teaching. And Susan's there to help look for it. So they're talking back and forth. At this point, I think overall, we've probably had a pretty even amount of Susan and Carol between the whole, like throughout the whole season. Because the first time we meet Susan and Carol, obviously we have a lot more moments with Carol than we do with Susan in that episode. This time we've got a lot more time with Susan and less time with Carol. So it's balancing them out to have roughly around the same time between them, which I think is good. We get to know her a little bit more, which is she's just a great actress. I love her. So that rounds out our guest stars. And again, they're at a minute total. So it's the smallest amount of guest star time that we've had on any episode, which leads me into talking about the non-speaking time in this episode, because as I was breaking this episode down, I don't get the non-speaking time until after I have watched the entire episode and have broken everybody's individual time down and then adds it together. And then I add in the guest time and then I get the total non-speaking time. But as I was watching this episode... I kept thinking to myself, oh man, this episode's going to have so much dead time. Just off of last week, we came out of last week and there was 10 minutes of speaking time and 13 minutes of non-speaking time. So we had more dead time than we had character speaking. And I wouldn't think that last week, thinking back on that episode, it doesn't seem like there's less talking time than there is dead time. This week... I feel like there is. Watching this episode, I feel like there's a lot more dead time than there is speaking time. However, two things play into this to lean either way. So the way of there not being that much speaking time, we have Joey staring at his poster for the first time in the subway, and then it rolls into a scene of just music and people all over the city hanging up the poster. And then there's a small blip where he goes and talks to the friends in the coffee shop. And then again, it goes back to showing his poster all over the city on billboards inside retail shops, hanging it up. That's all non-speaking time. And then we have Ross being quiet when he's trying to talk to the bump because he's struggling with what to say. So there's no talking in there. And then you have your just your regular fading in and fading out. So I, I felt like watching it and maybe what the difference was is there was longer total moments. There was maybe three or four moments without talking, but those three or four moments were longer than we typically see. So maybe that's why I felt like it was going to have more than what we do for non-speaking time. But to go the other route of how could you think that, there's a lot of bickering in this episode, especially once they have the issue of getting locked out of the apartment towards the end of the episode. There's a lot of bickering. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of all 
six of them together or at least five of them together. It was actually a little bit of a struggle initially to get this episode going in the breakdown because when I have all five or all six of them together, there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of conversation happening. And so it's hard to get the right timing or as the best I can. But it, I was surprised. I'll tell you that right now. I was surprised at who landed where on the chart of how much time they had. And I was surprised with how much non-speaking time we have. So we're actually sitting at 10 minutes and 59 seconds. So just basically 11 minutes of non-speaking time which means we have 12 minutes and 38 seconds of total speaking time. That includes the guest time out of a total episode of 23 minutes and 37 seconds. So we have more speaking than we do non-speaking. It's only about a minute 30 more, but it is more. It's significantly more than what we saw last week. Last week, we only had 10 minutes of speaking time and three minutes of that alone was just from our guest stars. Pretty big jump from last week, even though it didn't feel like it. So it just goes to show that when just when I think I'm figuring this out as I'm watching it, I have no clue what I'm talking about because I felt like Phoebe had absolutely no time. I thought Phoebe and Chandler were bottom of the totem pole. They were going to be the bottom two on the graph and they were going to have absolutely no time at all. And while they are in the lower three for the episode, Joey's actually at the bottom and I have Joey listed as one of the main characters, but... That goes into the non-speaking time. Joey's seen in the subway when he sees his poster. He's just staring at it, right? He's got a lot more screen time than he does speaking time. So if we were evaluating the screen time, I think he'd be up there a little bit higher. He might even be towards the top. But since we're looking at speaking time, he's actually at the very bottom. So he's number six on our list. He's not far behind Phoebe, though. So Phoebe comes in at a minute and 19 seconds. Joey's at a minute, 17 seconds. So they're only two seconds apart. It's not a lot of time. It's certainly not enough time for Phoebe to overcome Joey on the compounded time list. Phoebe's still sitting at the bottom on that list. And then in our third place, we have Chandler. I didn't have him listed as a main character. I still don't consider him a main character in this episode. I think the reason why he emerges is because he's got his longer monologue towards the end when they have to sacrifice and eat his type of Thanksgiving dinner, which is grilled cheese, because the other one got burnt. (laughs) So he has like a little toast and a little speech that he does. And I think that helps boost him. At the very least, it helps him boost him above Phoebe and Joey. So that's where that comes in. He's at a minute and 46 seconds. And then our top three, we went back to what we were seeing in our earlier episodes with Ross, Rachel, and Monica. They are our top three and in that order. So Monica is in third place, even though I had her as a main character. She's got two minutes and 17 seconds. Rachel is in second place with two minutes and 28 seconds. So she's about 10 seconds more than Monica. Again, that has to do with the delivery of her lines. She also opens the episode, like I mentioned, and then she has moments when she speaks. It's whiny and it's drawn out and it's sometimes she's got slightly longer monologues. But what I thought was interesting is Monica coming in at third place. Yet one of her moments in the show, her longer monologue, it's when she's having her kind of panicky moment in the hallway when they can't get into the apartment and she's freaking out and oh I'm cooked this and it's ruined and it's sitting in there and it's burnt and I had to make 18 different kinds of potatoes she's complaining she's freaking out and then as Phoebe calls it she gets squeaky that moment was 30 seconds alone a good chunk of her time is from that and I actually thought when I was doing the math to break it down I thought because she had that 30 second moment that she was actually going to be towards the top, which, yes, she's in the top three, but she's still a full 11 seconds behind Rachel. So surprising to see that when she's got an individual moment with a full 30 seconds and she's still in third place. 
And then Ross comes in at the top. Not by much, though. He's at two minutes and 32 seconds. So he's only got four seconds more than Rachel does. But with that... Just because he's got that top speaking time, I still don't know that I would consider him a main character or a main storyline for this. Sure, there's the line and then there's the part of him going over there, but that storyline of him talking to the baby is not even developed until after he goes to pick up the skull at the apartment. When he finds out that Susan talks to the baby, that's when he gets, wait a minute, you do it, I have to do it. So that storyline didn't develop until later on into the episode, whereas everything else was established early. So I still don't consider him a main character, in my opinion, but he still comes out on top with his speaking time, which is not unusual at all. Okay, so compounded time, we are looking at the exact same layout, except... Last week, we saw Chandler take over Rachel for that number two spot. And this week, because Rachel's in the number two spot on the speaking time and Chandler's in number four, Rachel takes Chandler back over for the number two on the compounded time. So everybody else stayed the same. The gaps between people got a little bit larger, but Rachel had enough time because last week, the difference between Chandler and Rachel and for him to overtake her was only four seconds. So there wasn't she didn't need to do a whole lot more than him in this episode to be able to overtake that second spot back. But now there's a pretty big gap between them. There's almost 40 seconds between them. So Chandler's going to have to have a pretty big chunk of time and Rachel's going to have to have a pretty small episode for Chandler to come back up, much like what happened in episode six, which started to close that gap for them. So right now, Ross is still at the top. It's episode nine and Ross officially has enough time to be his own episode. He has 23 minutes and 41 seconds. He's the first one to get to have enough time to have his own episode. Rachel's probably an episode or two behind having that. Same with Chandler. Monica's probably three episodes before she's got a full one to herself. And Phoebe and Joey both need a good 10 minute before they'll have what I'm calling a full episode of their own. They both sit at 13 minutes and there's about a 26 second difference between them right now. So Phoebe at the bottom, there's a lot that she needs to do and he needs to have a really small episode for her to come up over the top, but they continue to have similar times. So I think it'll be a while if Phoebe ever surpasses Joey. So this is really exciting. We're almost halfway through the season and I just, I'm so excited because seeing this compound in time, It makes me so curious about what's going to happen in the other seasons. Season two, a big storyline that comes out for me is Monica with Richard and then Rachel and Ross. So I have a feeling that Ross, Rachel, and Monica are probably going to stay at the top of the list for compounded time for season two. However, the further we get into the show, the more balanced I think some of these storylines become. At least that's what my initial reaction is going to be at this moment. We'll see if it sticks to that. Who knows? Maybe Phoebe always hangs out at the bottom. Maybe Joey always hangs out at the bottom. I don't know. We're going to have to, we're going to have to wait a long time before we find out, before we get to that point, because we are only, we're only episode nine. We got a long way to go. But to close it out this week, I wanted to mention Joey closes our episode, but this is the weird thing that happened this week. Remember, I told you I was going to talk about the opening and closing scenes. The closing scene, this is our first time that we don't have any talking. We have the final scene of them at the Thanksgiving table. We have the little fade out and then we roll into our official closing credits. And that is not closing credits, but our closing scene. It's Joey in the subway and he's ripping off the poster bottoms to see 
until he gets to one that he likes and he finds one that says winner of three Tony Awards. And so he's happy with that. But that is a moment. There's no speaking. Joey doesn't talk at all. So there's no speaking in our closing scene. It's just dead time. Another reason why I thought we'd have more dead time than we do. And that closes the episode. It'll be interesting to see if we have another one like that where there's no speaking time in that closing episode or the closing scene. It's all time will tell, right? Time will tell. Let's end the week raising a glass to Chandler and his style of Thanksgiving and to Monica for managing the instant food switch. If you agree, head to this week's episode post on Instagram and comment here, here. Thanks for tuning in this week. Don't forget to follow me over on Instagram at Weenus, a friend's podcast for visuals of each week's data. And if you love the breakdown this week, please go rate and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening. Be sure to join me next week on Tuesday at 11 a.m. for our next mini-sode.